This podcast is brought to you by Hodgepodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this. Hey, this is Cole Jones, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. This is Richard Schroeder, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hey, it's Derek Norsworthy, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hello, everyone. It is Murph from Jokers. I'm here in my hotel room. There's my blankie. These things are not important. Here's what is. You've made a choice to listen to the HodgePodge podcast. Not a bad choice, my friend. You are making good decisions in life. Subscribe now and anywhere that podcasts are available. Bye. I'm going to go back to cuddling from a blankie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. All right. Welcome to the HodgePodge podcast. This is episode 137. On this episode, we got Joy Beth Taylor. Her new single, It Just Takes One, is available right now. You're going to hear the incredible story of really how this song was written and how she came up with it. Um, that and that single was produced by Jamie O'Neill, who was a big-timer producer. He's done There Is No Arizona and w- w- What I Think About Angels. Um, you're going to hear how long she's wanted to do this, and you're going to hear what she was singing at a young age, what 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 female artist she was singing at a young age and um you're gonna hear why she doesn't care what genre she writes you're gonna hear all this and and, and and it's pretty cool because her songwriting ability is really undeniable it's one of the best in the business she i compare her to like travis meadows or laura mckenna or chris stapleton i mean you can even add shane mcanally in there in that group so here we go right now episode 137 joy beth taylor it's a good one. Let's go over right now. Joy Beth Taylor. So I got Joy Beth Taylor on the line here. Um, Hot Potch Podcast, episode 137. Uh, so you have a new song out. It's called It Just Takes One. Um, and that song is kind of... When you think it just takes one, you're not thinking about what the song. So it's like you're talking about it with your own broken heart, and then the guy that could just send one text message, one careless text, and then you would be set to go. So how how did that song come about? So I wrote it with Garrett Biggs and Paul Dexton. Right. And um, when we originally started writing, we started out with a different title. We were actually writing a different song at the time, and. Um, by the time I had, I had pulled back the title that I said originally that we were going to work on. And um, Paul ended up saying something, and it just we started talking, and it sparked an idea, and then Paul actually had this title already. So it just sparked this huge idea, and we just started writing it. And my ex and me had actually just broken up recently mm-hmm. at that time. Um, so it just, I pulled from that, too, a lot from that song, and the song just naturally fell out, so it was really cool. And that song was produced by a big-time producer. He's done, like, There Is No Arizona and, and When I Think About Angels. So what was it like working with Jamie O'Neill on that? Uh, Jamie's great. Jamie is, uh, she's been a great mentor for me, and um, I learned a lot in the studio working with her, um, vocals and just everything else, and um, it was a really good experience. So I want to go back um, a little ways. Um, so since four... You realized you wanted to be a song, a singer songwriter. Yes. What sparked that? Because I, I know you used to walk around your house and you used to make things up as you saw them. So what was that? What was your parents' 
view on that and also your view on that at such a young age that you knew exactly what you were wanting to do? Um, I, there was just something inside me that always pulled me to Nashville. I don't know if it was just like a sense of longing that I needed to be here since I've been four, since I was four years old. And, um, music's always, I've been around music my whole entire life, so mm. it's always been there. There hasn't been a moment where it hasn't been there. My uncle, you know, he was a preacher and, um, he played in worship bands and so I ended up doing that with him too. Um, and I... You know, it's just, it's, there's never been a part, but I don't remember, I can't remember a time in my life where music wasn't, wasn't a part, so it's just always been something, I don't know, if it's, a, it's, it's just, a, it's a God thing, honestly. So what type of music were you, um, influenced with, like, at a young age, you said you were always around music, so what kind of music were you around, like, were you listening to, like, Travis Tritt, or was it, like, the oldies, like, Ray Charles, or something like that? Yeah, I was around everything, so I was with my grandparents, like, growing up, and, uh, my granddad and grandma, grandma like various success. Uh, my grandmother loved like Diana Ross and Supremes, and okay. my granddad big in the blues, like BB King and Eric Clapton and all those people, and then also Willie Nelson and Patsy Cline. And and my parents were, you know, they liked different things too. My dad was big into like kid rock and you know rock and stuff like that. And my mom was big into like Alanis Morissette and um, just very, just very different kinds of music all the way around and but the first record I learned was Patsy Cline because my grandmother introduced it to me so right you were a fan of Patsy Cline at, at a young age so was, yes, it, was it weird for you being four and listening to someone that you know was big 30 40 50 years ago was it was it weird so for I other kids or were, was there anything like that Actually, when I was like four years old, I actually thought Patsy Cline was alive, shockingly. And um, I didn't even realize she was from, you know, 30, 30 years before me. And right. I asked my grandmother if I wanted to go see her play. Because, you know, I wanted to wreck her front to back. And I wanted to go see her play in a concert. And so I asked my grandmother, I was like, can we go see her? And she's like, well, she's not alive. And I got super upset and started crying. And right. uh, I didn't even realize it. So, you were from Pelham, Alabama. I live in Mississippi, which is not far from Alabama, but I've never heard of Pelham. Where exactly is that at? So, Pelham, Central Alabama, it's in like the, the biggest city near it is Birmingham, so it's like 30 minutes south okay. of Birmingham, okay. right off of 65. All right, cool. So, what was it like growing up in Alabama? Uh, I'm pretty sure you had a um, kind of the same countrywide... Um, growing up as I did, and and you also moved to Nashville later on at 18, so what was it like growing up in Pelham and then moving to Nashville and seeing the city life? Um, it was, um, it was a big jump from Nashville to, you know, I mean, from Pelham to Nashville, right. um, but I knew I wanted to be here, so it wasn't, it was like a big of a jump it would, fit, would have been if I like didn't know I wanted to be here since I was so young. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I got you. Um, I was kind of prepared mentally for it, knowing that Nashville's a huge city compared mm. to where I grew up. Um, but Pelham was, you know, it was a great, great way to grow up. You know, right. there's you were never bored. There was there was always something to do. Right, and so. You, when you moved to 18, I'm, I'm assuming you graduated high school and moved straight there. 
were there any concerns to your parents as if, okay, you just graduated high school, you're still somewhat immature, but you're still mature in a way, and now you're leaving. I mean, I know it's no different than going to college, but the, but you know that you're safe at college in a dorm instead of, you know, in Nashville, trying to, trying to make a living and trying to make rent and, and stuff like that. Um, I don't think there were any concerns just because they were prepared already. Okay. Right. Being young again, but, uh, I mean, some of my family, you know, had Dallas, and they were like, you're going to move back home, and all this other stuff, but my, you know, everybody knew that, like, the people that knew me really well were like, no, she, you know, if she didn't right. make rent, but she living in a car is always an option. I definitely would have done that if I needed to, needed to do that. Yeah, and, 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 I'm the same way, um, I, I'm still where I was born at, you know, still here trying to make a living doing this podcast here, and I do understand what you're saying, you want to leave, and, and even if it is living in a car, you know, I see, like, Steve Harvey, he lived in a car for two or three years, and then you got, like, Jimmy Allen now, he lived in his car for, like, six or seven months, and so you can see where you, you, you're you at the bottom, and then finally you realize that you're getting some momentum and some steam and that caboose is finally pushing as hard as it can and it's finally getting yeah like, you know, luckily I never had to you know go through that and right. I had to not build a car when I moved here but you know if you really want to do something you know there's you will figure out a way to do it I think that's just another way to show it yeah and also if you want to do something you you can realize you want to do it if you don't make any money at first and you're still grinding and you're still fighting and you're still repeating it and 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 once you finally start making money you're like okay maybe i was destined to do this so so when you moved to nashville when was the first time you realized not not really made a, a little bit of money but when you first realized was like okay maybe this really is my calling and i really can do this and i'm not gonna have to give up and and, and go home because because a lot of people yeah. have that doubt that fear um I mean, I still, you know, everybody has their yeah. doubts just because this industry is such an up and down journey. So I can't feel like I, you know, you, know, you always question it whether yeah. Yeah. you are doing the right thing or not, which I think is a great thing. I think that's, I think if you're not questioning, then that's when you should start to worry. Because I feel like being uncomfortable is a sign of growth, regardless of what industry you're in. Um, but I think when I, when I realized that I could do this, um, Probably, like, after the first year of being here, um, I was really shy growing up, so I never, I was very afraid to, like, go out and meet people and um, do things like that. So I spent my, my apartment a lot when I first moved here and just learned how to write songs and um, really, really honed that skill and craft. Um, but then I started forcing myself to go out and meet people, and I think it was a big step for me to just even play out in public, which sounds while because you know you move here to do that but that was a huge yeah. step for me to do that and then when I first did it I was like okay we've got this thing we can do this and and, I, and I'm kind of the same way like um, my anxiety just gets the best of me sometimes and it's like okay because like you say singing in front of people or playing in front of people mine's like going to a restaurant I have to either sit staring at a wall or sit staring at the door because it's like, okay, that way, if they're coming through the door, they're not really going to look at me eating. They're just going to pass through. But if I'm looking at a wall, 
I know 100% nobody's looking at me eating. And it's just it's just one of those yeah. it's one of those weird things that's just like, okay, you have to get over it sometimes, but you have to get over that fear and jump over that fence and go back to the shepherd, you know what I mean? And and herd you right into the right direction. And, and it's kind of kind of a tough thing exactly. to do. Yeah. So, to me you are your songwriting ability is 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 very it's it's undeniable it's it's really fantastic in the in in the in the songs that I've heard and to me it sounds like a Travis Meadows mixed with maybe a Chris Stapleton maybe sprinkle in some Ed Sheeran and Laura McKenna in there so I don't know how you can answer this, but I'm just going to ask it. Okay. How did, did you get so good at writing songs? Like, did you just get with one great person and they just put that mindset? Or have you always been good at coming up with, with lyrics and licks and, and rhymes? Um, let's see. So I, uh, I've always written songs naturally just growing up. Um, but I, I don't, like, I didn't have to, it's a home that's good. Cool. Like I said earlier, I used to just, stay in mind when I first moved here you know I look back and I'm like okay some of those songs were not great <laughs> you yeah. know when you first start writing it those songs are not where they need to be at the time so I think just um when I really took that time to sit there and you know figure out what I wanted to say because I, I write from a place that it's like I'm very nostalgic in a lot of my writing because I love living and looking back and you know the times when this happened that happened um so just very, just sit there and studying lyrics and how they were doing it and figuring out what I wanted to say is when I really took that craft and honed it and got better at it and right. been writing with people that I can grow from and learn from and so it's, it's just been a, it's been a process. Right. And the reason I throw in Ed Sheeran in that is because you, you mentioned that you don't care what genre you write, you just want to put out the best product possible and I think that's kind of the same way with with Ed Sheeran because he's written country songs he's written pop songs he's written for like Eminem and stuff like that and so that was the, that, that's kind of why I threw that in there so why don't you care what genre you write I mean uh, I think I'm going to know the, the answer but I figured I would just ask that for the listeners here yeah for me for me writing like for me as an artist um, it's going to be it's going to be country just because that's what what I, my genre is and what I sing, but for, for other people, I feel like you, you do what suits the song. You know, if you're writing, if you're writing in a room for a pop artist, well, you're going to write a pop song, which is awesome. You know, that's, there's a bunch of different genres. And I, that's what I love about music. It's, there's so many different, it's so diverse and there's so many different things to do and write about. Um, and if you're not going to in a room with a pop artist and the pop song wants to happen, then you follow the song and you, go where it wants to go so at the end of the day I'm, I'm fine with it as long as as long as as long as the song is happy you take care of pretty much so I'm going to take a few steps back here and what when you listen to music now are you listening to a song and you realize oh well that's Let's say if you hear a familiar tune and a bass or a guitar, your mind focuses on that instrument and then you have to skip the song back because you have to listen to the actual song. Does that ever happen to you? Um, I don't know if it's 
are you talking about like listening to like the instrumentation instrumentation in song or no just like in, okay let's say if I'm gonna take uh, let's take Justin Moore for an example let's take he's, he's singing a song his new album's out you're listening to it and you hear the bass go like bum but up bum but up and you, you you like that tune it catches your ear and the whole song you're listening to that bass but you forget about the lyrics and the other instruments does that ever happen so i'm a very lyric driven person okay so uh, when i'm listening to the song i i listen to like the words are very very like i pay close attention to words right. how many times the song it's just naturally my first instinct to do that um but if i start paying attention to other parts in the song then i can easily you know drift off and start doing that but it's Lyrics are what I really, really listen to. Right, and and I'm sorry if that question was a little confusing. I was just trying to make it the easiest way to answer it uh, or to ask. No, it. no, you're great. Um, so was your plan to become an artist when you first got here, or was it to just strictly write songs? Um, when I first moved to Nashville, I, I wanted to strictly write songs. That's where my my heart was when I first moved. Um, and I somehow fell into this artist role um but I've always um, I love her songwriting it's always, it's always been there and um so when I first moved that's what I wanted to do and I was fine with writing for other people um at the time and it just it naturally happened to me to be an artist but I think a lot of me saying I just want to be a songwriter was that fear factor mm-hmm. of like well I can just you know stand behind the scenes and write these songs and I don't have to worry about being in front of people or uh, dealing with all that but I think now that things have changed and I'm not as timid and as shy I'm still scared a lot of the times but I'm not as shy and I can talk more um, I realize that okay you saying you didn't want to be an artist was just because you were scared you need to get over that so you're push outside you push yourself outside your boundaries so right and and I think a lot of artists start as a songwriter because that's what they want to do and then they fall into the artist category and now they're wanting to sing all these songs that they write why do you think that is why do you think the artist bug hits them just in a snap of a finger why do you think that people become artists like in a snap of a finger that you're asking right yeah right um i think it's just it's, it's a really different way to express yourself like songwriting is one thing and it's also if you can if you're writing these songs and you sing them and they're very personal to you or you feel like there's something that resonates with you like just deep in your soul that you you need to say it. Like it, it's just some sort of cool, like I think I know a lot of the times like I wrote a, when I first wrote this song that I knew I wanted to be an artist it was just there was something there and I didn't want anybody else to say it except for me. If that makes sense. Right. So two back-to-back questions that kind of go together and interfere with each other when you're thinking of songwriting who are some of your influences that that that, that you think of when you write like oh I, I kind of want to write strong and powerful messages like this person or I kind of want to write a party doesn't really make no sense don't care just gotta get a jam out who, who are some of those influences for songwriting for you um my influences songwriting I uh like you said earlier I love Travis Meadows he's one of my right. I mean absolutely I think he's brilliant. Um, other people that I like listen to now, just because their songwriting is so it's, it's, it's very colorful and just paints all these pictures. And um, it's like Tony Lane or 
Gene Dillon or right. um, Warren McKenna, like just those people. And Travis Meadows has such a his story is so fantastic about how he got cancer when he was a little kid and then lost his leg and then went through a divorce with his wife and trying to share custody with his kids and I think that album like learning to live alone and then songs like that are just what really makes music music because it's actually you realize oh that's really coming out of his heart that's not just coming out of something he wants to write yeah it's just stuff that eats your soul when you listen to it right and Laura McKenna's the same way like um mm-hmm. She has a song, I don't remember what album it is, it's like Three Kids and No Husband. That one was just like, man. And then she wrote Humble and Kind for Tim McGraw. And then it's like, she's an artist, yeah. but she's a songwriter first. Uh-huh, exactly. So who are some of your influences in singing-wise, like like being an artist? Artist-wise, singing. Um... Like I said, I grew up on Patrick Klein and Willie right. Nelson. I don't sound like that, but that's that's where I grew up and that's where I, who I listened to before I had to sing was those two. And um, but nowadays, I you know, like I said, I really listen to a lot of songwriter stuff. So I don't, I, I try to you know find my own my own route, and um, I don't really try to mimic anybody singing just because yeah. I want to have. I have my own voice, and I think if you try to mimic somebody, you're gonna. And of course, you grow up mimicking people. That's what you do. Is you're trying to, you're learning, you're learning your voice, and you're learning how to do this and that. Um, but I love Eric Church too. Um, just I, yeah, just I, I listen to a lot of songwriters and um, stuff like that. So I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, but is it not 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 taking your thing your 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 what you just answered for granted? But is it a bad thing to mimic other artists like? No, I don't think so at all. No, no, no. I, don't, I think that's totally. They're just like growing up. You, you that's how you learn. You know. Right. You try to you try to copy what he what he would look up to, and um, and then you learn, and then from that you branch off and you find your own your own thing. Right, and when when you perform, do you do you strictly sing your stuff, or do you bring in some covers and sing other people's songs? How, how does that work if you're like at a, doing like a, let's say you're doing like a two hour set, and it's just you and a guitar, maybe another guitar player, what um, what songs are you singing? Strictly yours, somebody else's? I usually sing originals, um, but two hours, I, I think I'll end up making a set for that, like adding covers in there, just okay. because it's you know, the set's so long, and it keep, it, keep people entertained. What do you think about people not covering songs? Like, what do you think, like, like an independent artist, um, like yourself and like others, what do you think when they say, oh, I don't do covers, I, I only do my stuff because I want to get my stuff out there? What do you think about that standpoint? Um, I think that's totally fine. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a huge issue or deal. Um, just because I feel like if people aren't comfortable to sing, Covers, you know, they should they should do what feels feels natural to them. And if they want to do sing originals, and I love listening to original music. So like that's coming from somebody that I'm kind of right. I'm fine with listening to. I can listen to peeps from somebody else's music for you know two hours if they wrote it from their heart and soul, and I'll listen to it. Right. I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, but I also look at it as not saying that they're too good, but kind of saying like. Well, why can't you sing a cover? Because you see Garth Brooks do it. You see 
Alan Jackson, George Stray. You see all these people doing covers, and what makes you the point where you can't sing one? Yeah, I, I get that. And um, like I said, you know, I I probably would add covers into my set if I did a two-hour show. Um, just because I feel like it's necessary. And you want, like, I, like you're saying, you want to hear up people. You want to hear songs you're familiar with already. Right, and no offense to no one that does it. Just, just, that's just my simple thought on that, and in, in your opinion as well. So, a um, few more questions here as we die down. We're running on about thirty minutes, close to it. Um, so you wrote another song, and it's titled "Inside This Guitar," and it's basically about discovering the strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think that's a heavy subject to cover, but I think you covered it perfectly um what was your stance on that was that your point going there okay i want to send this message right in the song or did it all just fall out and come out like that so i wrote that one with bo armstrong and aaron Clapton, and um when i originally i i was up till like when i just i was having a tough time just with myself and um like right. i said i had a lot of you know fear and self-doubt and talking to myself out of things and so I stayed up for probably two one night, and which isn't rare, but this particular night I was doing nothing. I was just sitting there and thinking and trying to process how I was feeling. And so I um, looked at my guitar and I was like, I, I just want to cut through the talent at this point and call it quits and be done. Um, not that I could do that, but that's how I was feeling. I was feeling that, you know, I just was tired of it. And so I ended up getting out the sheet paper and I was like, you know what, I'm going to figure out how I want. Um, whether it be today or tomorrow, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this thing and find out what you know why I feel the way I do. And so I wrote down on the two papers just everybody I saw myself as, which is the dreamer, the overthinker, like all all those kind of things. And it made a lot of them were negative just because that's how I was feeling at that moment. And um, I ended up picking up the guitar and I was like, you know what? I don't know what's gonna come out of this. We're gonna try writing something. And I you know just played the first first verse easily, and it just out. You know and that. I ended up no, but that, then I got stuck after after I read that first verse again, and um, I had the hook and I knew what I wanted to say, and so I brought it to Bo and Aaron. I was like, "Y'all, oh, I was like, I brought it to like ten people previous before before them, and nobody got the song or wanted to write it. They just didn't really understand what I was trying to say." And so I brought it to them, and they were like, "Yes, yes," and I was like, "Thank God it, you know, worked out, turned out the way it did." Right. Now, so. That song, when I listened to it, it reminded me kind of Pat Monahanish um, from Train, it, because it takes you a minute to really understand what it's saying. Um, like, I had to listen to it twice, and I was like, "Well, what is she really trying to say here? Is there really a deeper meaning?" And then when I listened to it, I was like, "Well, maybe she is talking about strengths and weaknesses more so than she's talking." you know, stress and anxiety and stuff like that. So, you said that you were having self-doubt and stuff like that. Have you ever been to therapy? Was that a thing that you... I have, I have never been to therapy before. I've been, and it's a strange situation and it's a different place, but I think the different place would help with that because they had the same things you did, like, um, you know, in school, it's... It, you know, in school, it was like I was I was the bigger kid, so it was like my self doubt was okay. If I wear a long like if 
you know how some shirts or clothes they fit differently and I was like well if I wore a long shirt someone's gonna be like oh he's so fat they gotta wear a shirt two sizes too big or if I wear a shirt that's you know kinda skin tight or it's smaller they would be like oh look he's so fat he can't keep in clothes and that was just something that really hit me and it hit me hard and I was like well I gotta get talk talk about this somewhere someone that knows exactly what I'm going through and therapy kinda kinda helped me open up and and understand really that you're doubting yourself because you know you have good intentions and you you don't think you have good intentions. Yeah, and I've, and I've learned that just processing it and um, right. getting over that getting over that part of that was just a hurdle you know hurdle in your way and getting over that I've really learned that and um, music really has helped that. Like when I wrote that song, it was just like some. some clarity after that yeah and 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 i used to say on this podcast like i wouldn't want to say i was good at what i do because i figured it would come off as me being a dick and that's like people they would say oh i'm good at playing guitar and writing music well i would say well that's kind of a jerk thing to say but now that you think about it you're like no because everyone is good at something differently Uh than that other person exactly everybody's got something yeah and so I'm going to start something new on this podcast just on this episode. Um, I like conspiracies and stuff like that. So do you have any kind of ghost story or anything like that that's, like, entertaining? Ghost story. <laughs> or, or, or anything that was just weird. You don't know how it happened or you don't know why it happened. You don't know what went on in that situation. Just, like, any sort of, any sort of like, any sort of thing that happens goes or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so when I first moved here, this isn't even like ghosts or anything like that, but when I first moved here, I, you know, everybody wants to play the bluebird. That's, that's what they want to do. Right. And at the time, I was living in like the Bruniac area, which is like Brentwood Antioch, in between there, which is where I live now too, but this is a different, this is an apartment. So I was leaving my apartment and um, as soon as I left my apartment, it just started pouring down the rain and I, on the way to the Bluebird, I'd called like 200 times to get in there for that open mic that everybody wants to go to and do. And um, so I left, I left my apartment and started driving and got on the interstate. And um, there, there was a car right in front of me, and they were spinning on the brakes, slowing down. So I, I hit mine, and I, I had like a uh, ball up. Um, um, and really, the brakes were awful on it. And so I hit my brakes, and as soon as I did, um, I just completely turned to 180, like, right. you know, went 360 on the interstate, not 180, 360 on the interstate, and spun around, and, um, I didn't flip or anything, I stayed on all four, all four wheels just spinning in the interstate, mm. and my car stopped, and it's staring, like, it's sitting sideways on the interstate, mm. and I look to my left, and the, there's a semi probably two inches from my car, like, I could have set my thing out there and touched it, but it didn't mm. hit, I didn't hit by anything else, and it, it was, you know, in heavy traffic too. I don't know how. By the grace of God, I don't know how I right. got. I don't know how I didn't get hit by a car or anything like that. But my car, I started my car. You know, right. straight up on there and went to play. So wild story. Do you believe in any kind of ghost or anything like that? Like angels looking out for you or something like that? Say one more time. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Uh, can we say it one more time for myself? Oh, no, you're cool. Um, I said, uh, do you believe in ghosts or angels or 
angels that look down or anything? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a super spiritual person. I, you know, I, I believe in God. And right. I'm a Christian, and um, so yeah, I, I believe that there's there's angels. You know, watching over in those certain situations. It's weird for me because um, I moved into the house that my grandmother built um, probably three years ago. She she actually moved off, so we moved into her house, me and my family, and. I was sitting on the couch one day, and my mom was sitting in a recliner, and there was no TV going. We were just sitting there, and in my ear, I heard a faint, like like a baby cry, and my mom thinks I'm nuts because I believe in all these conspiracies and all this stuff, I, I, because I, I like being open-minded, and, uh-huh. and she had looked at me, and she said, did you hear a baby cry? And that was the first time she really ever experienced not not saying it was a ghost thing maybe that was our minds playing but that was the first time where she was actually okay that was kind of weird and then yesterday actually yesterday we, we were texting and then um about recancellation and stuff like that so i had walked from the bathroom to the living room and my mom says hey dylan won't you come here i said okay and she said walk from my bedroom into the living room and see if you smell anything and, I, and it was cigarette smoke and her dad used to smoke in his house, and then he passed away like 15 years. And then when we smelt the um, cigarette smoke, we thought maybe the water heater was, you know, we, we didn't know what had happened. So we looked, yeah. and then we found one of his old cigarettes that were just kind of mummified sitting in there. And it was it was one of those weird things where it was just like, you can't really call that a coincidence. You have to call it yeah, something. Yeah, it's almost like there has to be something more than <laughs> Right. So are you one of those people that always like knocks on wood? Like if you say anything, you're like, "Oh, I got knock on wood," so that doesn't happen. Are you one of those people? I am a big knock on wood person. If there's like <laughs> okay. something I'm like, knock on, wood. and I'm super superstitious too. Right, right, right. So as I if I have a if I have something that works and I don't do it, like if I play a different guitar. I'm very superstitious about me not writing a good song that day or not writing a song that I play the same Gibson J35 that I play at my shows. I have to write with it. Like, I have to do everything with it and mm-hmm. just different things like that, for example. Just stuff like, if I do this one day, I have to do the same thing. Like, I'm just super superstitious. Right, and I think it's somehow OCD is a little bit inside of there, I hear, too. Um, but... Are you the per- since you're superstitious? Is that are you a person that also believes in luck? Like, oh my God, if I'm lucky, I can do this or something like that. Um. Because I'm the type of person that believes. It's very strange, and if you go down, let's say you take down Fifth Street, and you find five hundred dollars in cash. Let's just use that for an example. Oh my God, it's my lucky day. No. Something told you to go down that road. And everything that's happened in your life, you've went to that road and you've found money. I don't I don't believe it's luck. Like, let's say... Yeah, I don't think it's luck. I think that you know, everything leads to another. And like, there's some sort of... I mean, there's a God. So, I, I mean, I believe there's a God. And, right, right, right. Uh, so, I think that it's all, all purpose. Like, I think there's all... Happy for all a reason. Yeah. So... Last couple of questions here. Um, you have a new EP coming later this year. Yes, I do. 
Um, do you have any kind of date that you know of, or is it just late later this year you're still working on it? So I'm actually not doing a full EP. I'm releasing singles. Um, Louise decided that, and um, I should think singles are. I, I'm a person that likes open albums and EPs and stuff like that. I like posting the whole thing. Um, but mostly when I do just all singles, and I'm, I'm I'm liking how the single things go, and so we're just gonna release singles for the rest of the year. Right, and that that's because I'm an album person to some extent. Like, it depends on who the artist is that comes out with an album if I will listen to it or not. I used to be at the point where I would listen to every album that had come out of a certain genre. But that would just take, God, that would take forever. And then you realize, well, if you get this album that has 12 tracks, you're really only keeping three or four or five that are good that you like. And so I do think if you put the single out or just a regular EP with four or five songs, that that would hit the mass market more because they, they don't have a choice. And in America, we hate choices. We hate having to pick. We hate having to make our mind up. And so if you just bring out one song, the mass majority would be like, oh, I like it or I don't like it. And that would be more money generated towards that artist. Exactly, yeah. So if you just kind of lay it out there and listen to this song, and then, like, I have a lot of friends who are doing a song a month. That way they're constantly having people's attention and, People don't have to pick and choose. They just have, here's one song. And then, then they have, like, wear it off. It ends up wearing off. And they're like, here's another one. Here's another one, you know? Right. It's like, con- there's something there. So what do you do um, when, when you have an off day? Like, when you, do you just sit back, read a book? Do you catch up on TV? Do you write when you're not writing? How, how do, how do you, what, do you, what do you do on an off day? Um, I, I mean, I don't really have a lot of off days, but... um. I write when I have an off day, um, but I also like, if there, if, you know, my free time, if there is something else I love to do besides music, I like being outside a lot, so I like to go fishing, I like to go hiking, I like to go, right. like, just, just anything that has to do with being outside, I, I love, I love doing it, and I love to read, too, that's all I read, too, so. What do you read? Because I, I love reading as well, I, mine, mi- <sighs> I like reading like autobiographies and historical stuff and memoirs and, and true stuff, biographies. What, what, what type of I love reading that too. So right now I'm actually reading the Born to Run Bruce Springsteen book. What, what is that? Uh, Born to Run Bruce Springsteen. Oh, okay. Yes. But I'm reading that now. That book is so thick. <laughs> it is so thick. In the first chapter, you really have to um, oh, God. make it through. It's not, not bad by any means. It's just long and you have to get through it and then it gets really interesting and it is his I, I read it I, I read it I had to read it twice because he uses so much lang- like not not language like in curse words but like language that doesn't you don't use on a daily basis he's like that's why I love reading it because yeah. so and, much stuff there and, and there's it, just like he has a really colorful image with everything he says and to me I found the first chapter kind of like you said a little boring but once you get past that first chapter and long, like it was like thirty something pages, and I'm like, come on, dude, like learn. <laughs> but then once you get past it, it's actually very good, and his story is pretty cool. Have you seen his um the Netflix special he did? Yes, I have. How awesome was that thing? That that was oh god that 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 was something special. It was, yeah, it's awesome. I I would I mean I've watched it probably twice. <laughs> well, I watched. Oh, it. I watched- 
it's like four hours long, so it's like, man. But but how awesome would it be for just to go watch Bruce Springsteen for four hours, and he sings? Because he has so many hits that it's not even funny, but he's also telling the story of his life in the songs that he's, that he's singing. Exactly, yeah. I mean, he's incredible all the way around. So uh, what is one of your favorite Bruce Springsteen songs? My favorite? This is a hard, such a hard uh, question. I, I mean, I love Bruce Springsteen. So, um, my favorite one. So he has his um, 2005 record, I think. Uh, Devils and Dust, that record. Right. Um, I like I like Devils and Dust. That's like one of my favorites. Right. I there there's a couple of albums, and I don't really say it often because a lot of people are like, "You really like Bruce Springsteen," and the truth is, yes. And he has one of, one of my favorite albums of all time is is is, is the River from Bruce Springsteen. Um, and my favorite song is on there, and it's Drive All Night, and that it, it's That's just a good one, yeah. it's just something special about that album where it's like he's gonna take you to a special place. Just close your eyes. And he, he paints a picture and paints a dream inside of your head if you just close your eyes and just listen. Mm-hmm. And so he, I think he has something special. So last questions here. What is your favorite, let's say if you had to pick a favorite album of all time, what would it be? Or, or a oh couple. Oh, my gosh. Or a couple. It doesn't have to be just one. Uh, Why you think I'm going to give mine. Everybody knows mine, but I'm trying to get to know Joy Beth a little bit here on the podcast. So mine Obviously, my favorite of all time is Continuum from John Mayer. Um, and then I would have to say, man, probably Permanent Vacation from Aerosmith. It's probably my second favorite album of all time. My favorite album of all time. That's such a hard question. Uh, <laughs> but it's really hard. Well, uh, give me a few that you love listening to. It doesn't have to be favorite. That you just like, okay, if I'm picking an album, I'm going to pick these two or three to listen to. So I absolutely love Waylon Jennings. Um, right. So probably not. I've always been crazy. Like, okay. So what I'm going to listen to, if I had to pick right now, so what I'm feeling right now, it changes every day. Right. Um, and then, what is it? You said to pick two? Um, let's see. That's such a hard, um, <laughs> so I recently got introduced to Wade Bowen recently, and I've been like listening to his stuff. A lot. Okay. And the, and the, so, right now. So, so are you the type of person that can go from listening to, um, like, I don't know, 50 Cent and then go over to, like, Lincoln Park and then go over to Waylon Jennings and then hit Justin Moore, Luke Combs, and Blake Shelton, and then go yeah, back? That's like the hard, yeah, that's, like, the hard thing to do because I'm, like, I listen to, I try to listen to everything. So it's, like, really hard for me to narrow down. One genre, one album. Right, that's kind of how I am. Like, like I'm a big music nerd. Like, nine times out of ten, I'm going to know the story of mostly every artist that I listen to and most people listen to. And 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 so I have a playlist for everything. Like, and I'm always listening to music. It, 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 like, I have like a like a shower playlist. I have a, a like mowing the yard playlist, uh, putting up the podcast yeah. playlist. It, it's it's just weird because there's different times like. When I'm putting the podcast up and and, and and I'm making introductions and stuff for it, I want I don't want to be here, you know, the hard guitar parts. I want to hear the slow, get into the mood, 
type of song, but then when I'm mowing the yard or something like that, I want to hear something fast and, and gets me going. And it's it's just it's just it's just a weird situation and system that I have going. But I have it down so down pat that it's just like you can't touch it because if you touch it, I'm gonna be in such a mood because you screwed with 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 the system. Yeah. So, um, I don't really have go ahead. playlists. I have like one playlist that I just keep adding songs to that I just love. So, um, are you the type of person to just go to your music and click shuffle and listen to whatever's on your phone? Are you are you that type of person to do that? I am a type of person just because I feel like I have so, <laughs> I have so much music on my phone, which most people do, that I forget about songs. Exactly. And like, exactly. Well, that's kind of how, I, sometimes I will go and just be like, okay, I don't feel like picking songs, so I'm just going to go to my music, and I'm going to click shuffle, and then like, it was just like just the other day, um, the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff popped up, and I was like, man, I forgot how, how good of a jam, because I wasn't there, you know, I was born in 98, so I'm 21, I wasn't there when they were in their prime, or when 50 Cent was in his prime, or Ice Cube, or, and when I listen to that, it brings me back to, makes me think, well, I wonder what this was like when this was out, like, was it, what, what were people's thoughts when this first came to the mass media? Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I wasn't trying to cut you off there. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no, you're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it's kind of tough doing these over the phone, but it's like this is the only choice that I have because I'm not... Right, I'm, I'm not in Nashville, and it's like... So I need to move there, but then it's like, well, sometimes you don't right have the right means to go there, and then how would this work, you know? But anyways, so... Favorite... Have you ever opened up for anyone, just like a supporting actor, just at a festival or anything like that, where you were just like, "Okay, I'm fan, I'm fangirling right now." Um, uh, I have never opened up for anybody, so it's actually funny. So I, I just started recently doing full band shows, just because I, you know, I, when I first started, I just want to be a, a right. songwriter. Right. So I recently just started diving into the full band thing so I haven't ever opened for anybody yet that I you know so so what was your like what was your favorite concert that you've ever been to my favorite concert because do you being in Nashville they, obviously they have a lot of concerts there so do you go out and see concerts on a, on a maybe like a nightly or a weekly basis um I actually don't I um I, I love staying in too. So I, I like to be alone a little bit too. And um, if you're going to do a concert, I'll go out with some friends and go right. watch it and stuff. But the thing is, but when there's a concert. During that week, you're always out. Right. I love music so much that it's like, I want to go to a concert. But they're, sometimes they're just so expensive and it's like. Are they. It's so expensive. Because parking, yeah, exactly. Even though I like them on an album or. I don't know that person's necessarily good in concert. Like, so, sometimes I will spoil it for myself and, like, go to YouTube and watch a full concert, and then I'm like, okay, I done seen it, now I don't need to go. Because... Yeah, I actually went to the Eric Church concert recently, and he is incredible. Like, his concert was awesome. He sings, like, three hours. Like, he, he, he opens for himself, 
and closes for himself, and it's just like, okay. There's only one person I know that does that. It's John Mayer, and it's like he's on that level of a three-hour concert, four-hour concert, just of just Eric Church songs. Yeah, it's just nonstop, and it's and it's never. It's always it's, the whole thing's entertaining. You never lose lose that. All right. So if you have any word of advice for anyone that's wanting to pursue songwriting and pursuing artists and they want to move from a small town and go to Nashville and do their dream what would you tell okay what would you tell your 12 year old self now if you go back what would you tell what would you tell your 12 year old self um if I didn't tell my 12 year old self something I would just say like don't focus so much on where you're gonna get just focus on where you are now because there's so much to learn in that moment and um, it's it's only it's, it's preparing you for where you're gonna be. And uh, when preparation means opportunity, and I think if you just stay in that and stay in the moment, stay in the that eventually you're gonna see, you're gonna get to where you're gonna get and be like, okay, I, I looking back, I see why I went through this. You know, don't worry so much about what you're doing, and, and just keep your keep your nose to the ground. Like, right. don't look up and worry about what everybody else is doing either. Keep what you're doing and work hard and. Don't question it. All right. Um, cool, Um, So you can go follow her on Instagram at joybethtaylor um, and announce right now whatever thing you've got going on in the um, uh, what do you have, upcoming shows, upcoming music. You can now announce or plug anything you want to plug. Yeah, so I released a single um, July 11th. And then I'm releasing a video July 29th for just takes one and then in September uh, I haven't picked a I haven't picked a date yet but someday in September we're releasing another single so you can look out for that okay um, cool Joy Beth thank you for doing this yeah well thank you for having me Here, host of Hot Park Podcast and producer of Big Shrimp Radio. Hey, 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 y'all, and it's Big Shrimp, host of Big Shrimp Radio of Big Shrimp Entertainment. Y'all like what you're hearing right now. If so, go follow us on our socials at I am Mr. Dylan Hines at Hot Podcast Podcast Instagram. Also, Hot Podcast Podcast Football Facebook. And I am at Big underscore Shrimp underscore ENT on the Instagram and at Big Shrimp Entertainment on a Facebook. Also, go give us a five-star review on what you're listening to right now, Apple Podcast. Contact us at this time. Yeah.